0: I went to a
1: marvelous party. Max, most people don't even know the facts. They go with their gut, don't have the facts. only thing your cares about is money.
0: Christopher, this is only going to work if we speak one at a time.
1: Fine, you first, Eric.
0: Good evening, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And tonight, we will not entertain any discussion regarding the theories of Korn's lead singer, Jonathan Davis, that President Obama is actually an evil dictator using Special Agent Miley Cyrus... (laughs) to create a diversion for his plan for, I don't know, world domination, eviltude. Uh, what we will say is that we think that this theory reveals more about Jonathan than it does the president and that Mr. Davis's theory suggests that perhaps Korn's hit song, Love and Math" is autobiographical. Now, if he were to suggest that Miley Cyrus has plans for world domination... We're on board.
1: Indeed. We will also not be talking about people who would like us not to be talking about the coming out of Ellen Page and Michael Sam in the way that they would like us to be talking about the fact that they want us to stop talking about homosexuality altogether. Uh, huh? I know, right? Anyway, we here at the Dinner Party Show find it surprising that vocal bigots have gone from calling homosexuality shameful to declaring it no big deal and unworthy of our attention. Shocking. We see this intellectually bankrupt slate of hand for what it really is, and that's what we will be talking about. It's a craven survival technique on the part of homophobes, forced to reckon with the fact that most of the country, including a majority of the Supreme Court, no longer finds homosexuality to be fundamentally disordered. Since it isn't. Exactly. So we will be talking about it, but not in the way idiots want us to talk about how we should all stop talking about it. Makes sense, right? I... Yes. All right, fine.
0: Anyway, uh, in a related story, we also do not want to talk about Ugandan president Penhad, I think that's his first name, Penhad Musvene, who, with the help of scientists, and I'm using air quotes here, determined through unsupported and fact-free observations that the world is flat, Mm -hmm. the moon is made of cream cheese, Mm. and homosexuality is a choice Mm. from which fully 50% of gay people will recover and return to heterosexuality if their choice is caught in time. Hmm. Based on these facts, disproven by actual scientists everywhere outside of the fucked-up country of Uganda, President Penhad signed a bill into law that punishes homosexuality with life and imprisonment. Wow. I guess when you recover, they release you. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not sure how that works. In any case, we are far more interested in talking about an exchange program with Uganda in which we take in Ugandan gays and their supporters. And in return, we send Uganda the American bigots and Fox publicans who spoke as though Ellen Page and Michael Sam coming out was any of their fucking business and the state legislatures in Kansas and Arizona for reasons. Mm -hmm. While we can think of a better place to send them than Uganda, it sounds like a great start in the meantime.
1: Can I get an amen? Also not being discussed tonight, the fact that Jamie Coots, a Pentecostal snake handler who was one of the stars of a new reality show about Pentecostal snake handlers, has died of a fatal snake bite. Oh dear. Maybe the man's life would have been saved if he'd been sent to jail for a good long while after cops busted him for illegally transporting venomous snakes in the trunk of his car. Jesus. We realize people have different opinions about God, but honestly, if God is love, why does he have to prove you're one of the anointed by having a snake not bite you? Wouldn't it make more sense for him to have a puppy lick your face?
0: Or, you know, maybe just take his word for it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Aim for the face, God! <laughs> Aim for the face! And as always, we don't want to offend fragile German President Ooh. Angela Merkel, Angela. who you may remember was very upset to discover that spies <gasps> had actually listened in on her phone calls and then even more recently was still more upset at what she overheard when spies not only listened in on an American diplomat's phone calls, but tweeted the recordings of the diplomat's colorful private dismissal of the European Union. Fuck the European (laughs) Union. Yeah, that's what she said. (laughs) Kind of colorful. Uh. So which is it, Angela? Are you upset about spying or are you upset about what you learned from spying? We know how delicate the Germans are. So rather than risk offense, we won't say anything about you at all. Hypocrite. Okay, well, that. But that's really it.
1: As for everything else, it's still on the table on tonight's live cast of The Dinner Party Show.
2: You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Enjoy the hors d'oeuvres, but don't fill up. There's plenty more to come.
0: Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and I'm here to congratulate you, Christopher, on really, truly, for certainly, double down, extra specially being finally nominated.
1: I am officially a nominee. For the Bram
0: Stoker Award. For superior (laughs) achievement in a horror novel. Hey, we got the children who love horror here. And for your wonderful book, your wonderful, terrifying book. Snake-filled book. Snake-filled book. book. the Not Report and your book are full of snakes today. <laughs> um, the Heaven's Rise is the name of his snaky book. It's not called Snake-Filled Book, but I suggested that. It didn't test as well. You wanted a warning label on the cover. Right. Warning contains really gross scenes about snakes. Uh-huh. Yes. But um, Bram Stoker's really, really prestigious award for that sort of snake-infested book. Yes, it is. It's really the only I don't know.
1: I don't know of any other awards for horror writing that are as well known and 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 that I uh, have an organization behind them like the Bram Stoker Award does. And that
0: name is sort of right? archetypal. And in the, the whole award word is of...
1: really cool. I hope I win because it's like a it's sort of like a haunted house thing. It's like the coolest of the awards. Like the Edgar Allan Poe Award, which is for mysteries, is literally I think a bust. It's either a bust of Edgar Allan Poe or it's a raven. Which after
0: know. the following would completely freak me Absolutely. out to have in the house. Like oh <laughs> right totally <laughs> again!
1: exactly. And uh, the thriller award is is like a loose-eyed book. Mom got a lifetime achievement one and I was not impressed. Did that it have... <laughs> did
0: you, could you see where they saw the praying hands off of it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or the Chamber of Commerce logo right. is
1: removed. So, I, I no, I'm very excited. The other nominees include Joe Hill, Stephen King's son, who's also very talented. Stephen King is a nominee for Doctor Sleep, which was his sequel to The wow. Shining. Yes. F. Paul Wilson collaborated on a novel. F. Paul Wilson's not as well-known as the other guys, but he wrote The Keep, which is a very famous horror novel, which was also made into a film and he's been around for a while I, I have not heard of the other nominee um, I look forward to reading her book and uh, you know I'm going to read all their books and, learning and decide if they're going <laughs> <laughs> to win she's actually she wrote a small press title so I think it's great that there's a small press title in the mix and yeah. um, Books or books? You know, it's very exciting. It's very Eric's exciting.
0: Eric's books. Eric's
1: books. We're gonna start a little magnetic sign for we your We were book driving company.
0: one time somewhere in a car, and on the on the door of a car we that only, we passed, we was...
1: drive one place to see my mother in the desert. That's where we drive. That's where we were driving. Was it okay? I Nobody don't... in West Hollywood has magnetic signs on their
0: car. Or I haven't noticed any, but no. I don't, you know, get driven around. Well, no, everybody drives no, anyway. Like there was a magnet. The point of the story is there was a a magnetic sign on the door of somebody's car. I forget what it was about. I
1: remember it was for Cynthia's slip covers.
0: She right. had a slip cover
1: company, and, and there was like a, a needle a and thread, on. and maybe yeah. a
0: little sofa, a frumpy-looking, shabby chic little sofa on there. And I thought, well, I should get a magnetic sign for my car that says. Eric's books, and have a, like an open book on it and a pencil. And
1: you said a little cup
0: of coffee, a little cup that of was coffee with the steam coming up from it, and some glasses exactly. resting on the book. a little pair of glasses. Don't you think that would help sell my books? I think that. I
1: think that would really. I help think it's sell key. I
0: think it's going to be the thing that really separates me from. That. And I
1: think when you get cut off in traffic, you should have a box of your books at the ready so you can hurl a copy at whoever cut you off. And That's then a
0: great idea. Great
1: marketing, viral marketing,
0: bit bitch <laughs> marketing.
1: (laughs) it's a new thing we invented it tonight
0: potentially fatal viral marketing
1: yeah So tonight is You're the Guest, which means our party people are the guests on tonight's live cast of The Dinner Party Show. We are live. They're ours, are they? They are ours. And they are- To command. Shea Butters complained that they are feisty this week. They posted a great deal on oh, the page. Oh, Shea's
0: always complaining. Y'all don't worry too much about Shay. He's always complaining about something. We've yeah. never gotten anything right, and he works for us. Yeah, he don't does. Don't tell him, though. He
1: does. So they have a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about writing. We're going to talk about editing. We're going to talk about something hilarious that Sumiko Salson did online. I don't know if you saw I it, but it was a riot.
0: You're talking about s- graphic design? Yes. Sumiko
1: yes. added graphic design to I her repertoire. I really
0: was impressed with that. Yeah, I, I loved could. all of those. We'll I think we should add that to the site.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we have a lot. We will be doing that later in the show. I want to surprise you with a little news article. Have you heard
0: of this? A oh, news surprise. My favorite kind. Have you heard of this publication? Why bring jewelry when you can bring some unpleasant <laughs> news story? That's what I always say.
1: Have you heard of Time magazine? It's like this, Well, I, I remember not, it. Yeah. Th-
0: is it still a magazine? I have
1: brought, let the party people know that despite oh my God, digital, it is, it a, is a, actually I have brought a an paper actual copy
0: of Time magazine. Copy. I didn't know there was still holding a it up I think for our YouTube news channel. week that's only online now.
1: This is Time magazine, and let me tell you why I bought Time magazine. Look at the cover. Are you on
0: the cover again? No, what did I you do this never, time?
1: I've never been on the cover of Time oh, magazine. Oh, it
0: says the word airport.
1: I am a total hopeless plane and airport. I,
0: I don't think Hopeless really quite captures it.
1: Um, airport Confidential is the cover story for this most recent I- issue of Time magazine. Who do- really decides which flights get canceled? However, that is not why I brought in the magazine. That's why I purchased the magazine last really? night. Really? That's not the apartment. story
0: you want to talk about? Okay, here's the story That's I, I want to talk this about. That's amazing. This is really a newsflash, guys. Christopher isn't going to talk about the airport Eric, story. if you weren't i I'm still here, listening to outtakes from that Southwest Airlines reality show that program show that was Christopher and two amazing. other people
1: watched. That show was amazing. It was called Airline. It was a reality show about Southwest. You see what I'm talking about? This is how it usually goes. More exciting than flying Southwest. Listen, Eric, if you weren't here, this would be called the Rambling Airplane Stuff podcast with disasters thrown in. Right. Anyway, we ha- we're having a water shortage here in California. It's being eclipsed by the horrible winter weather in the rest of the country. People aren't really paying attention to the fact that we're- we may have water rationing soon here because of the... Uh, the snowpack in the Sierra Nevadas is, I guess, 20 percent of what it usually is or something like that. You're yep. so good with numbers. We've
0: got a big, yeah, numbers are really my thing.
1: OK, so here's the sidebar from Time magazine. President Obama traveled to California over President's Day weekend to highlight the drought emergency, calling for shared sacrifice to help manage the state's worst water shortage in decades. He then spent the rest of the trip enjoying the hospitality of some of the state's top water hogs, Desert Golf courses. Right. We went to two different desert golf courses. Taken together, the 124 golf courses in the Coachella, Coachella Valley, excuse me, consume roughly 17% of the region's water, and one quarter of that is pumped out of its groundwater aquifer, according to the Coachella Valley Water District. Statewide, roughly one percent of the state's water goes to keep fairways green, but each desert course, of course, on average, uses nearly one million gallons a day in the hot and dry climate. That is a messaging fail if I have
0: ever heard. One. Well, it is kind of a mixed message at the very least. Yeah. I, I honestly, the fact that there are uh, those beautiful they're beautiful uh, golf courses in the desert at all has always sort of distressed me. I, yes. I always see them and think, well, that's really beautiful, but isn't it kind of irresponsible that it's here? The thing that always amazes me is when you're going—when you're traveling in the desert, like, you'll be traveling the beautiful, you know, lawns and trees and whatever, and then there'll be, like, a line of demarcation where they stop watering, and then it's just the desert again. The wasteland. Full-on desert. Yeah. Or— What's even more startling is they, they're, uh, and frequently I'll see it with like palm groves where they just stop watering them mm-hmm. and they sort of just die out. They'd shrivel yeah. up, and the, the palm trees look like they have been desiccated. and desiccate. Yeah. I love it that word. It really is sort of... Desiccate. Yeah, no, it's really weird. But it's a completely artificial environment, but I guess all of Los Angeles really is a completely but artificial you know, environment. Mom
1: lives out there. My mother lives out there, and she's always talking about their aquifer. Like, she's all that, and their aquifer's all that. But they've got 17% of that aquifer going to golf courses. Because I always say, we always talk because, you know, we're pretty dramatic in my family. We're Irish, just like your family. Your family Very is Irish.
0: dramatic, yes. And we a lot talk- about Slamming.
1: what you know, what our plan would be if the big one hits, and I always say to her, Mom, you're basically Being where you are, you're like on the edge of a giant ocean and you should just go out to sea. You should go to Arizona if a a massive earthquake hits. Oh,
0: dear. Not Arizona. Not
1: right now. I know. But she's not Uh, gay, so they'll serve her food. I
0: still—I worry about everybody. When they start taking away people's civil rights anywhere, everybody is susceptible.
1: Well, you know, and and I brought up Arizona, so it's my fault. And I I want us to talk about it more during the show. But do you think there is a chance in hell that Jan Brewer is not going to sign this bill?
0: Well, I think that— it was actually they did it once before, and she didn't sign it. Okay, like I think that she's actually has some history of not supporting this kind of legislation. Also, the potential, like I think they they've seen some of the potential for this kind of repercussions. Like they've are already been through it with their resistance to Martin Luther King Day, where they canceled the Super right. Bowl and are and now and then American baseball wanted to leave over the papers please laws. Yeah, like right. so I think there's some real economic anyway we'll, and talk, we'll talk about, about, it about Arizona
1: in the next segment I'll wrap up the aquifer thing is that is that she is confident that she could remain there after a big earthquake because the aquifer is there and could sp- support them because our water issues, are we're dependent upon the north of this state for water, which is what we're learning here in L.A. during this drought emergency. And if there is a major earthquake in San Francisco in the Bay Area, there's a very good chance it will stop our water supply here in L.A. So um, all, the point is that the Rices like to talk about disasters a lot. We really, that's the we first get on the time phone I've heard that one. That's I bought, new. Yeah, no, no this, is, this is true. This is not new. That The, the aqueduct that flows down the middle of May. the state— uh, if there's a massive earthquake in the Bay Area that redirects salt water from the Bay up into the Sacramento River Valley, it will salinate our water supply. And and basically, we won't have water. So that's another fun thing to think Was about here at the Was there computer animation show. on this show? I'll get you some computer uh-huh. animation. We'll introduce some computer animation. We have... A word from one of our brand new sponsors. I don't know, I don't think we've ever heard from these guys before. Oh,
0: well, it's always nice to welcome to the Dinner Party Show. And Absolutely. I hope all of our listeners will support one of our fine sponsors. And
1: we'll be back here very shortly to talk about the great state of Arizona.
0: Vibrant, bouncy, full-bodied hair. Luscious, kissable lips. Rich, vivid eyes with thick lashes that'll get you noticed. Perfume from Europe's finest perfumiers and America's most famous celebrities. The same high-quality hair and makeup products that professionals use to achieve runway-ready results. Who needs them? Not you. You'll be spending your day cooking for ungrateful little piglets who didn't even notice when you forgot to bake the hamburger helper. You're too busy trying to keep one house brand disposable ahead of the endlessly loaded diapers brought to you by the little bundle of joy you both thought would make your lives complete. You'll just be enduring another day with a man who hasn't looked directly at your face since that time the kids drew a mustache on you with magic markers when you fell asleep on the sofa. You're who we had in mind when we developed our new line of amateur strength beauty products. Amateur Beauty. Let's face it, you can't just go out without trying at all. People would think you were ill or having some sort of postpartum episode. But why spend your limited time and your scarce disposable income trying to achieve a look no one, not even the models on the commercials, can maintain outside of a controlled salon environment? Be an amateur beauty. Mascara. It will darken your lashes and survive a direct blast from the garden hose, a sneak attack when you're changing his diaper without a PPTP, and a week of showers with our not-so-specially-formulated Amateur Strength Bargain Soap. Because who has time to be combing out their lashes every five minutes so they look like Eva Longoria only ever has in the studio? Amateur Beauty lipstick will last longer than the paint on your minivan, and they come in two shades. Because who has the luxury of spending a bunch of time choosing between confident crimson and berry berry burgundy? They're both red, for Christ's sake. Our amateur-strength hair products will not only get the oatmeal and spit up out of your thinning locks, but are strong enough to deodorize your car, even during winter carpool and summer sports programs amateur strength perfumes cost the same as your kitchen extracts since all perfume is really made out of the same stuff anyway. There are only a few hundred professional beauties in the world. We made amateur strength beauty products for the rest of us. Amateur beauty because you're worth it and all those rich luscious volumizing professional beauty products are not.
2: You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where the soup is hot, but the heads are hotter.
1: Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. Why are there only three
0: chocolates in here? Your life is so hard.
1: I don't know. Just this little Valentine's heart looked
0: bigger when I was opening it. And Jack, you need to bring part. the giant Valentine's heart in here from I the didn't. lobby.
1: Eric likes to sabotage me, so he brings dairy products that will create fluid in my throat and, and nasal spoil passages. his
0: soprano singing voice. See? Nothing could ruin that. First of
1: all, I'm a tenor, bitch. Or I was when I was 16. You're a
0: tenorbit? I'm a
1: tenorbit. bitch,
0: tenor bitch <laughs> is my hip-hop
1: name. Tenor bitch. So last night we had fun because Eric and I don't have boyfriends. We do everything together.
0: As a rare exception. Actually, we did something with other people. We did because something. Because we with... we're so bored with each other. <laughs> because
1: believe it or not, there are some other people we can
0: tolerate. That's right. Or who can put up with us. Yeah, who can tolerate Although it's us. usually just for brief periods.
1: Yeah. So we went and saw Coco Peru's newest show. At the Reinberg Love Theater Coco. at the L.A. Gay and Lesbian Center here in West Hollywood,
0: Miss Coco has been a guest here on the show, Absolutely. and uh, we uh, wanted to return the favor and go be a guest at her show. I mean, we weren't on it, but we and were she there.
1: sent us a lovely tweet. She said she loved our energy in the first row. Uh-huh. She heckled our friend. She or she uh, did, it was it's not so heckling. Perfect. If you, the performer doesn't heckle the audience. Maybe heckles. the funniest <laughs>
0: moment in the show was when she came down and went after our friend Devin.
1: Yeah, it was great. It was great because I made a Devin is like me. He's very up tight and very controlling and he was very worried about where everybody was sitting and if everyone was going to be happy. And I said, and now you're worried, As before the show was getting ready to start, I turned to him and said, now you're worried that she's going to call you up on stage. Oh no, oh no, she's no, 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 not, not going to do that to me. That's not going to happen. And she, he didn't get called up on stage, but he was forced no, to repeat something Nishkoko outrageous. came
0: down off the stage and walked right up and got right in his face. It yeah. was excellent. More than once. It was yeah. very good. It was very good. We really particularly enjoyed it, and Devin was a great sport about it. He was. And the show was very
1: good, and we want to have Coco back on our show, but we need to talk now about how good her show was because... It was good. She's an amazing amazing storyteller. I was reminded when she came on the show, we talked to her about this, but one of her self-proclaimed titles is monologist, right? Like right. a right. I guess. And and the, the, the storyteller in me was really attracted to that. I think... Drag has a reputation for being inflammatory and visual and lip sync driven. And Coco sings all of his own yeah, songs, which own and songs.
0: first time I've really heard Coco sing. I yeah. was really I was quite impressed.
1: Yeah, so it was amazing. I, for me, it was like church. I really have to say, I'm, I'm I wouldn't have been able to admit that when I was a younger gay man. Yeah, we want to actually like
0: start drag queen church. Drag we were queen talking church. about it on the way home last night because she was it was very sort of spiritual it and uplifting. Was. We talked that some of the stories were really sort of about. Things that made you look at things differently and yes. and feel things differently and feel differently about yourself, you know. Coco is all about that sort of message, that kind of absolutely getting better. And, but,
1: you know, I had the same experience. I don't know if you did when we went to see Alec Mappa do Baby Daddy, his oh, one man show about parenthood. I because love it's like Alec. who else is working this hard to translate our experiences as gay people? It's not really network television. It really isn't. I mean, no, there are gay characters, but, but not our our they're, maturation. And our they're losses. still
0: relegated to what. Straight people think gay people are like, I'm not complaining, you know, whatever. I'd like for it to be better. We're making progress. We've moved away from at least the sort of Amos and Andy-level stereotypes of will and grace. But we're still very much relegated to that kind of place. But Alex— Wonderful show, Baby Daddy, has actually been made into a movie, which is premiering at OutFest.
1: Yes, Alec did a Kickstarter campaign. He funded this himself. Talked about it here. And he had his one-man show filmed and edited, and I don't know where he did it. It was here in L.A., but he had it, and you had an audience and everything. And now he is receiving, an, it's not a Lifetime Achievement Award from OutFest, but it's something pretty damn close. It's a its a high honor, and we're going to go and support him, and it will also be the premiere of the movie. Itself. So we're very excited for him. Very
0: excited, and you may remember um, Alec actually sang a number from his show. His yes. uh, Miley Cyrus. Uh, he sang Miley yes. Cyrus's "Party in the USA" as Betty Davis. So that's a fun thing that you might want to hark back and listen to again. We'll try and have it on the show for you. "Party in the soon. USA."
1: If you've already forgotten, is a song Miley Cyrus sang before she only sang about Molly and masturbating. Right, not that I'm against her. No, she can those, do whatever, she wants, do whatever but, honey.
0: I yeah. wasn't going to come and see you anyway, so <laughs> we'll, no one here will ever see any if of this. She does so you do whatever you a want. A
1: one-woman show at the L.A. Gay and Lesbian Center. We might go see Miley's one-woman show at the Gay and Lesbian Center, but only as a as an attempt to rope she, her into being a guest on the dinner party show. she offers me a
0: ride on that flying hot dog, I'm in. What's this? Tell me she about She arrives at this her show, like her her new show. She enters the show on a flying hot dog, and mm-hmm. there's another thing where she makes an interest coming down a slide, which is her tongue coming out of a giant picture of her face. Wow, and, wow. Yeah, it's really, it's very classy. Yeah, well, and okay. I think she blows somebody with a President Clinton mask or, That's you hot. know, acts like she is. I'd Blow it's Clinton. very classy. I'd
1: blow Clinton. We talk politics a lot here on the dinner
0: party show. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah very politically active. Here. So let's talk sometimes about passive. Let's
1: talk about
0: Arizona again. I'm as, long as we're told, talking about politically active,
1: I'm being told by Shea Butters that Jan Brewer, the governor, who there is much speculation about whether or not she's going to sign this hateful, bigoted, discriminatory bill into law. That she previously didn't sign a similar bill into law, but only because she was mad at the Republicans about something else, not it because about, she um, like
0: the bill. It was about expanding Medicare. And I think that politicians use excuses mm-hmm. like that, like I'm doing it for some other reason. There's the whole philosophy in the House where they say vote no and hope yes. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, that for some idiot constituency, you do one thing and hope that actually the other thing happens because you don't actually want it to happen, but the fools who are voting for you are in favor of whatever stupid thing it is you're actually voting against. You know, the whole let's not fund the government thing because some— backwater lunatic who's in your district thinks that's what you should do that yeah. would actually benefit them in some way.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna be a big, big West Hollywood gay with this analogy and this comparison, but we go through this at my condo building on which I am I sit on the board. Oh, I
0: love this. But
1: it's this attitude of I am not my homeowners association. Like the HOA is this separate thing from right. me that is my enemy. And it's like you are a member of the HOA. You are affected by all the decisions that are made. You have recourse, you have the ability to vote this we're not this like these evil people who are planning your demise upstairs like right. w- the like, government is not I, separate from I feel that way people. about the government absolutely like, yeah it's big and it's hard to understand bureaucracy
0: learn yeah. You know? One of the things that I loved about uh, Bill Condon's film, The uh, Fifth Estate,
1: yes. was
0: that sort and of exploration. We were the only two people who loved that film. I apparently. guess so. I, I'm really surprised that Benedict I, wasn't nominated for Best Actor. I don't know that it I was think... the greatest film of the year, but I thought the performance was astonishing. Yeah. And I loved that the 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 real theme of that movie was alienation. Julian Assange and people like that, the, the lead singer from Korn, have come to believe that. Government is somehow separate than they are. I mean, yeah. one of the things that I really—I I, I despise the violence. I'm so sorry that so many people died and were hurt in uh, Ukraine this week. But— those people were taking part in their government. The people yes. in Venezuela and the people in Thailand are participating in their government. They're not saying that government shouldn't be there. They're saying government should be responsive to us. Right, right. And it's not the same thing as somehow government is evil and I need to drown it in a bathtub. I just—I yeah. don't understand that kind of I, anarchistic I, I kind of view of the world. I don't see it as
1: motivated by anything other then this hatred and anger that the government has decided to recognize and include a type of person I don't like. A black person, a brown person, a gay person, a woman in a role that I'm not f- comfortable with her being in. And so, because the government has made this decision to include and to recognize, the whole thing has to be burned down. But I honestly think th- this the, the Tea Party anarchy that we're dealing with is just PTSD from the Iraq War. There were so many members of the conservative base who felt like they gave up individual liberties in the name of the Patriot Act and in the name of the Bush Doctrine, and they felt so fucked by it and so betrayed, and they're so angry, they're like, burn the whole party down. Burn the whole system down is really their attitude, rather than burn their own party down, which is what they're doing. Right. But you know, those are the motivations that I see.
0: I honestly think that it it, it is a tool, it is a, an incredibly... Um, Cynical tool that's being used by people to manipulate ignorant, bigoted people into voting for them because they they run on one thing and then they do something completely else. They've been running on cutting people's taxes and cutting spending for years. They've never cut spending. Never. This is the first. It's a complete lie. They just run on it and then they do whatever the hell they want, which is enrich old rich white guys. Whenever they get into office, that's really the objective and everything else is smoke and mirrors and stagecraft right, to right. get people to vote for them they don't actually do any of that stuff the scott walker thing in wisconsin mm-hmm. he didn't run on any of the dismantling unions and hurting the working people right. he didn't run on that he ran on the usual sort of boilerplate reactionary right wing yeah uh, well a, a, a great stuff. example was abortion
1: like only recently did the the hardline republicans actually begin to do anything real about abortion and they started doing it all at the state level with this stuff that they know will probably never get past the supreme court but when I was coming up as as a high school student studying civics and government, it was just a, it was a given that Republicans talked about abortion all the time, used it to whip up their base, and never did anything meaningful about it, really you know so i mean yeah you're right it's i totally agree i with think
0: you. that it is a very cynical age in politics right now i think people say stuff all the time that they absolutely i feel the same way in on our side as well i watched president obama and um, hillary clinton of whom i am a big fan say that they didn't believe in equal marriage rights for gay people because that's what the polls had told them that they it needed wasn't to say popular, i never yeah. i never once thought that either of them actually believed that yeah you know, I I think they just said it because they felt they had to. I, I watched John McCain, who used to be, even though I don't agree with his politics, somebody that I had some admiration for, completely sell out all of his own principles yeah, and beliefs absolutely. in the pursuit of trying to get And I think even he was disgusted by it.
1: And that brings me back to the Arizona thing that we were talking about earlier, because I have never had this impression of Arizona as this deeply religious state. I've always I, My question when I was reading about this is where are the Goldwater concerns? That always defined Arizona. Where are the live and let lives and leave me alone and stay out of my bedroom? You know, well,
0: I, apparently what happens in Arizona, they're they're everywhere in Arizona except in the legislature. Apparently what happens in Arizona is all of this happens in the legislature. But once they actually ask the people to vote on stuff like Martin Luther King Day or anything else, the people of Arizona are actually cool with that sort of mm-hmm. thing. It's kind of like. Nobody like only one percent of the people who are actually in the NRA actually believe the stuff that the NRA says that right. everybody believes. Most of the people in, in the NRA actually believe that, you know, that having an ID check when you buy a gun seems like a sensible idea. I, I think oftentimes the leadership, because they are motivated by these other objectives, gets stuck in these sort of I don't know communications loops, if you Mm -hmm. will.
1: Right, right.
0: And because they're pursuing another agenda, they don't even bother to listen to the people who are actually involved.
1: Absolutely. Well, we're going to take a little music break here on the Dinner Party Show. Eric Shaw Quinn has suggested a song that's a little bit of a tribute to my book, The Heaven's Rise. I thought so. I
0: thought we added a
1: finalist for the Bram Stoker Award. So it's not a scary song, but I think you'll get the. I think you'll get the joke.
0: Congratulations, Christopher, and the Heaven's Rise.
2: You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Let's dish!
1: Welcome back to the Dinner Party
0: Show. Excuse me.
1: I'm having a little Diet Coke and chocolate because Eric Shaw Quinn is trying to sabotage
0: me. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. Yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> He's Christopher Rice. I think he was got so caught up Sabots in talking about whore. the chocolate. Eric Shaw Quinn, saboteur. Okay, so tonight is the You're
1: the Guest show. I viciously
0: show. brought a big heart-shaped box I can't of stop chocolates eating it. here. You were
1: talking, you were like, politics, blah, 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 Arizona, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, chocolate, chocolate, eat the
0: chocolate. Right? Well, I just can't, so I would if I could. We keep getting reports from Shea
1: Butters that the party people are feisty tonight. We don't know what that means because we're busy doing the show spring, and not fall? scouring our Facebook page. <laughs> Apparently my mother is on a rant as she says an 18th century colonial village in America had bigger and more efficient government than we do.
0: Just one particular village or just all one, of them in just general? Just the one she lived in in her previous <laughs> life.
1: In her childhood. Before she was put in the stockade Isn't for right? telling heretical tales. Oh dear. So we had a lot of questions. We had a lot of questions pouring this week from our party people, but one in particular is my favorite, and I haven't gone over it with you. And I know you didn't look at your packet that I gave you
0: because we were running around here trying to find the correct version of the not yeah, report before you the show weird, started. I did a
1: weird thing, and you did a weird thing, and it was weird. It was it weird. Out, it
0: was weird. It was just it was weird. A
1: script issue. Yeah. Mike Martinez would not like to know when you boys fight. Boys. Okay.
0: Thank you. Thank you for that.
1: Who is the one that makes the first move to make up even if they were right? Well, I don't know if you've heard, but Eric has never been wrong.
0: <laughs> so it's really an easier, it's a much easier process than you would might imagine.
1: Uh, I am. I'm the first one to make up when when I'm when I'm right or wrong. I mean, wrong, wrong. When I'm wrong, I'm the first one to make up. I call and I bring you a I don't know. We've, we have not... We don't really have bad fights. We've
0: never really had bad fights and usually we're sensitive enough to each other's feelings that oftentimes, what happens the most often with us is that the phone will ring and it will be the other one and, sa- and saying... You know that thing that I said at dinner 3 weeks ago? Well, I've been thinking about it and if that upset you, I want you to know I really didn't mean, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it usually is more something like that mm-hmm. than us actually having a fight. Yeah. We've had one or two things where we've gotten into a disagreement about something, but we've never had a really bad fight. But I don't fight. think we've ever really you had know, a fight. you know, I just long fight. ago learned to do what you say. It's and really it's just easier, easier for everyone it, if I it, just do what That Aaron really says. is ask anyone here at the Dinner Party show. Yeah. Except maybe Shea Butters. Um,
1: complaining about our party people. Right.
0: Um, uh, but so yeah, I, that's a, that's an interesting question. Yeah, no, I hadn't really thought of it, but I guess we don't really fight And I, I guess largely because I am always right.
1: But listen, th- th- this show is challenging to do because we do a good job. <laughs> I am not always right. You're anyway. not always right. No, you're not always right. I'm so that's supremely wrong not always right. I'm wrong, I'm
0: wrong about that, too. But we have never
1: never, in over a year of doing this show, had some screaming meltdown fight with each other. And you would think, if there's a pressure cooker environment in which to do it, it's this show. Well, I mean, it's not like we have elephants here, but we actually, do have the Restless like Dancers. We
0: have really been clever. We've actually brought in um, outside suppliers to have screaming knockdown mm. dragout fights with, and we've That's avoided, true. it's how we've avoided having screaming knockdown and fights And we, we with each also other.
1: partition up the responsibilities. There are certain things, like you were, the design of the studio was really your ballywick, and the social media side of things was really Really, my Ballywick. Am I using Ballywick correctly? It's one of those words where I I think
0: so. Okay. Wheelhouse.
1: Yeah. So we're not fighting over stuff. We're not pulling in two different directions on the same issue all the time because you have certain skills and I have certain skills.
0: And- yeah, I mean, I think we've tried to play to each other's strengths. And I think also whenever we have a suggestion, we just make it. Well, what do you think about so-and-so?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And the
0: other person either says, well, actually, Eric, that's a really dumb idea because social the way social media really works, or sometimes it's like, oh, wow, that's great. Because I think I actually thought of having people ask questions on Facebook – even though I'm not really the social media person because I thought that would drive traffic to our Facebook Well, this
1: brings us to another point that we should probably be promoting. We did not want to take calls because we didn't know who was going to be calling and we didn't want to hire somebody to to just man the phones because I had been on internet radio shows where people just call in and they say, you all want to talk about vaginas? I want to talk about vaginas. And everyone's like,
3: oh, what do we do? Uh Uh-oh.
1: It's like, hang up. That's what you do. Right, so we didn't want to be in that situation. So for one thing, it was a buffer, but also it was about organizing a community of people.
0: I think one of the un, uh, the unasked for benefits of it is is that you all talk to each other. Yeah, like it, exactly. it creates a, a conversation that we may or may not be a part of on the Facebook page. I think it, I like that sort of community atmosphere. Like Samiko, you want to talk about Samiko's yeah, wonderful talk about contribution? What Sumiko's doing?
1: First of all, Samiko and another woman this week have taught me a new term, which is beta reading. Beta reading. Did you see my text about this earlier today I sent it to you? Do you know what a beta read is? No. You it's me what a text you about did this? for me oh. on my latest novel, The Vines. You were an early reader. My mother was a beta reader. It's okay. like a technological no, term. No,
0: it, it makes sense. It's a technological explanation of, yeah, a great. A th- something that's enormously helpful as a writer.
1: So Samiko Sumiko, is, is, uh, she's finished a manuscript. She's p- published several books. And she's having several other party people read it and give her feedback. They are her beta readers. And so... She would like to know, I think those people are Philip Cohen, Michael Rakowski, and Greg Wilkie. They have given her help. Uh, with reworking her novel, she says Philip and Michael are great beta readers. There's that buzzword again. I love that. And Greg, who's had success with his Mortimer Drake books published independently, is going to write an intro
0: for her book.
1: So the party people are doing stuff together. And how it's cool nice. is
0: that? It's I love cool. that. I mean, and that's the sort of who was it who was in here talking about the salon that we were doing? I guess it was Patricia. Patricia, Patricia Cornwell. Cornwell.
1: She's had some luck with her yeah. books.
0: Talking about, um, yeah, but <laughs> talking about you know we were putting together a salon, and I think that. That's the benefit. Like, it extends the salon, it extends the yes. table to all of the people on the Facebook page, whereas if people called in, that wouldn't really happen because they wouldn't be on the line together. They right. would still be entirely separate. And,
1: you know, it is it is um, a principle. I don't know if that's the right word, but it is, it is an effort on the part of a lot of indie authors right now to share the information, that the information is the wealth, and helping each other can be done much more efficiently and easily on the internet and writers like Hugh Howey who had great success as an independent author with his Wool series and Barry Eisler who chose to go independent after being a New York Times bestseller um they they have blogs, and they're sharing tips on how to market yourselves, and, and they are literally building a community. They're putting their money where their mouth is, which is that they have um, objections to the way the traditional Big Five legacy publishers have done things, and they want to give other people access and opportunity to thrive. And so rather than hoarding all of their tips on how to make it in this new digital space, they're sharing them widely online. So. And
0: I, the thing that I have loved about this move to the the more digital age of publishing is that it puts the power back in the hands of the people who are creating the content. Content is king. It is. in the market that and but you know with being the king there are responsibilities and I think learning about marketing and sales and those kinds of we talk about it all the time yeah. amongst ourselves that we are really in the book selling business. One of the things we do is write books, but we are more principally in the business of selling books because that's actually how one makes a living at
1: it. And there was – and I want to get to – Sumiko actually has a question for us, which I want us to talk about in a minute. But there was a New Yorker article that was published last week about Amazon, which raises all the sorts of questions that we talk about a lot on this show. What are the implications of it? What's the implication of of going – of leaning in the direction of digital – with ebooks and are we going to go completely digital what is the future of the of the print book and what is the role of traditional publishers and it's a, it's a very complicated article It is written from the point of view of an established New York publishing person who sees publishers as necessary gatekeepers, even though he sort of pretends not to. And it's being bandied about by people as a defense and as proof that Amazon doesn't care about books, that they're about selling as many products as they can, and if they're lawnmowers or blenders or whatever, it doesn't matter, and the books are the loss leader. And I don't necessarily agree. I, I, I I
0: I think it is born of the notion that has always... I think prevailed in publishing and that has always sort of astonished me is that publishers actually don't see themselves as manufacturers who sell a product. Right. There is the, the idea that you are a gatekeeper is incorrect. Mm-hmm. Actually, what you are is somebody who manufactures and sells a product. And and as such, publishing doesn't do anything that any other modern company does to manufacture and sell its products they don't advertise their products they don't they don't promote the authors of their products they don't really do right. anything that any other company would do to sell you know, Whammo does a better job of selling their products than publishing does, yeah.
1: and they become incredibly defensive when you bring up the topic with them. Well, we can't. We can't afford it. We can't. Bu- no. I'm like, well, what do you mean you can't afford it? What does that say about the portfolio of products you're putting out there? That yeah, it, it, have you not leveraged the most successful performing products well against the ones that don't? It's just a baffling, but baffling. It, thing it gives to
0: me. people a sort of it puts blinders on people, and so they. So then we are having a discussion. Like one of the things I think. That there will always be a place in the world for publishers. And one of the things I hope we don't lose is editors, because I love the editing process, which which is part of my favorite. Leads us beautifully to Sumiko Salson's
1: question Do Eric and Christopher have any advice on editing? It makes me a little crazy. I always have to have a print copy, but what other methods do they use to perfect their work? You value having an editor, having somebody, I a person that you work it.
0: with. Yeah. I, some of the things that have happened with my writing have happened in the editing process. I always feel like I'm making the clay with the first draft. And then once I have the clay, then I can make whatever I'm going to make out of it. And and, and I can't really start until the clay is there. You right. can't make a, you know, a, I don't know, a Ming vase until you have the clay.
1: I agree. I think also editors can be good for winnowing down your your purpose for the book, if that's the right word. What, what your intentions really are with the story that you're trying to tell. Because once I am connected to what that intention is, I don't have a lot of hysterical fights over how an individual sentence flows. Yeah, it's like you the know? trees
0: for the forest things. They can yeah. see things that you aren't necessarily seeing, and once you see them, you can't stop seeing right. them. You can't unring that bell. The other thing that I always recommend to people is that all editor's suggestions it was pointed out to me early on are just that Mm -hmm. like it's still my book and it's going to be my book in the end so i have to be pleased so i always look at editing as suggestions like all right well that's actually a really good point or yeah i see what you're saying and i'm not going to do that For other reasons. And and I don't get into arguing about it or explaining why I'm not going to do it. I just don't do it.
1: Right, right. You're editing a book right now.
0: Yeah, although I'm doing it largely, the part that I'm doing, I've started calling it renovating a book. (laughs) Because it has turned out to be a much more complicated process than I originally thought. I thought it was going to, I was just going to buzz through it. But it's more of a rewrite than an edit. But because I'm working with extant material... I'm having to do this sort of renovation, resurfacing, repurposing, and then actually original writing to to bring it into being the sort of book that I've that I've actually been discussing making it into it, with an editor.
1: Exactly. And just so you know, this was actually Jesse Colton's specific question. He says, in addition to being super excited about Samiko Salson's party person profiles, which we talked about earlier.
0: Oh, my she God. Wa- I
1: love Jesse them. wanted to ask you about how the editing process is coming along for your mystery series about himself and that broken heart. And uh, Though I've said this before, <laughs> do you have any plans to release I Do independently now that you are a best-selling gay literature author with Say Uncle?
0: Oh, well, that's an interesting thought I hadn't really thought of. It. I, I, I'd i have to go back and reread I Do at this point because so much has changed in the last two years. When I wrote, wrote I Do, when I wrote Say Uncle, gay people were actually having their children taken away from... Away from them in court, right? Right. Still, mm-hmm. um, and that has changed so much that it seems almost a quaint period piece. And the same is kind of true of I do. It's the themes in and around why not have gay marriage and gay marriage in general, and because that topic has changed so much, I have to say I'd have to reread the book at this point, yeah, to to see if it would still be relevant or again a quaint mm-hmm. period piece, which I think there might actually be a call for
1: you have a lot to do you just have a lot you you have a lot on your plate right now we'll i've got to finish good this good murder story. you got to finish the murder and mystery i would
0: like to say i would like to say for the record that this book is not about me and that drunken whore this book <laughs> is a, based on that relationship and that time in my life but frankly unless you want to see her x-rays there really isn't anything else to know about her
1: the fuck are you doing? I can't believe we haven't been hitting that button
0: the <laughs> oh whole time. Oh, my God.
1: Um, excellent. Okay, we in the time we have left, we should get to some other party person questions. Frank Lozier. Here's the deal, Frank Lozier. I know you use Kobo in Canada, and there is always a delay when I put a new ebook out. Smashwords is the supplier for a lot of different ebook retailers that aren't Amazon, and there is a delay that happens. I upload the book to Smashwords; it's there for a while, and all indie authors, Greg Wilkie, Samiko Salzen, you should know this as well. You can give the option of having um, Smashwords distribute it to iBooks, Barnes and Noble. And a bunch of other retailers like Kobo, and it takes as long as they decide it needs to take before your book appears on those sites. So right now we're waiting for it to pop up on iBooks and Kobo. I'm sorry, I just had to, I know it was a procedural note. but No, but I think that's good information
0: because people sometimes have the feeling, your mom talked about it when she was on the show, that somehow we are obstructing people from getting our work when nothing could be further from the truth. I love the immediacy of digital publishing, but there are still going to be delays because there are still other people involved. Absolutely.
1: Okay, another question from Sharon Haas and I shouldn't have given her two questions, but she's a sweetheart and she she ad, asked some really good questions. If your life was turned into a movie, what would the title be and who would play you? And this is just for Eric. If you could be anyone from the past centuries, who would you want to be?
2: Who would
0: I want to be from the past? I'm not a big fan of the past. I've always said that I really don't want to live any time before there was penicillin and air conditioning. <laughs> But I guess, like, what would be really—I think I would maybe like to be—maybe somebody like Michelangelo or Leonardo da Vinci, somebody who met— Oh, Michelangelo
1: had a horrible life. But he he
0: met all of these fabulous people. Like, those are the lives that appeal to me. The people whose lives where you read the biography and you go, oh, my God, how did they end up meeting all of those people? Alice Longworth, I would love to um, be—Teddy Roosevelt's daughter, I would love to be—like, people who managed to— be all of these places and meet all of these people remarkable people in time i that would be the 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 sort of person from the past that would be i'm so happy being me i i rarely think about life in those terms
1: so that question was only for you but this question was actually for me if my life was turned into a movie what would the title be and who would play you everybody says he's too we're we're very far apart in
0: age now kevin bacon Kevin
1: Bacon. I if, always lobbied for Matt Damon, but apparently I don't have that extra you, Matt Damon vast in touch. If you
0: look at, at the early Kevin Bacon movies, that Friday the 13th, isn't that the one? The camp one. Yes, the yeah. Friday the 13th. I mean, there are scenes where it's like, oh my God, that's Christopher. It mm-hmm. really is. The, yeah. the resemblance is, is really remarkable. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, in this day, yeah, Kevin is really... I love Kevin Bacon, but he's too old to play you.
1: Okay, so Matt Damon, then. I guess it'll have to be. I think Matt Damon is so hot. That's weird. I'm attracted to myself. Weird.
0: Yeah, that really is very weird. (laughs) It's one of those. Because everybody thinks you and Matt Damon look just alike. Every now and
1: then I hear it. I hear it that we look alike. I don't know what all this hostility is about. Okay.
0: Because you hear recordings of yourself saying it on our show. We (laughs)
1: listen to our show over and over again in the shower. You know what I like is that now when I listen to our show in the shower, we have made our technical announcement shorter so I don't get trapped hearing our eight-minute explanation of how to use Twitter and Facebook and talk to people.
0: Thank heavens.
1: Well, it's time for another word from one of our sponsors, another new sponsor here on the Dinner Party Show. It's a very exciting
0: night here at the Dinner Party Show. And
1: then we'll be back for dessert to wrap things up.
0: Does every day feel like a rainy day? Do you find it hard to crack a smile even when something good happens? Then ask your doctor about Codependa, a new... Antidepressant designed to improve focus and mood and restore your regular sleep patterns. Codependent. Let the sun rise on your rainiest days.
1: Codependa is not to be taken on an empty stomach but if you have eaten in the past few hours make sure it's something Codependa likes. Codapenda likes leafy vegetables, grains but nothing that had a miso glaze on it. Multiple lab studies confirm Codependa hates Harry Belafonte Patients who are taking Codependa and who listen to Harry Belafonte may suffer from a severe gastrointestinal attack resulting in full evacuation of the bowels. This attack will cease either when the bowels are fully evacuated or the patient has turned off Harry Belafonte Do not date drummers while taking Codependa Codependa hates drummers. Codependa thinks being a drummer is just a cover for being a Driftless, self-obsessed narcissist. Do you have a dog? Get rid of it before taking Codependa. Codependa likes cats. Codependa is taken with her combined sense of mystery and play, tempered by their seeming detachment from andor obliviousness to human emotion. Codependa does not want to see another one of those Hobbit movies. Codependa thought the last two were too long and too complicated, and Codependa felt the 3D didn't add that much to the story. Patients who were taking Codependa should not operate an ice cream truck while taking Codependa because that creepy-sounding music ice cream truck's play creeps Codependa the fuck
0: out. Codependa. It'll bring joy back to your life as long as you don't piss it off.
2: You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where dessert is the most important meal of the day.
0: Welcome back to the dinner party show. Well, I'm having some chocolate. dessert all by himself. <laughs> uh, and are, I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, who are, yeah. who's still on a diet. The
1: whole fucking night, I have just ignored you. It's just like, whatever. And then there's some guy here with a ponytail yeah, in this I'm, other chair. Teach me to bring you a box of chocolates. Next Sunday, we are doing an Oscar special, which should be incredible
0: and we will be live tweeting the entire oscar broadcast Which, at yes. dinner party show a special we'll
1: play here at the usual time 8 p.m. eastern 5 p.m. pacific but we will be live tweeting so just to confuse you thoroughly we're going to be doing five things at once and I'm sure Eric will be upset about something while all of this is happening. Oh,
0: I'm always upset about something. <laughs> you can just depend on it. I'm not, however, upset about the amazing graphics that Samiko designed. I want to talk. Yes. I want to mention those before we get off the air. My favorite is
1: Talitha Wagoner's guest photo picture because in her picture she looks like she's about to either kiss you or eat you. Can't tell which. Or just like
0: Justin. Is so like it's yeah. like he posed for the picture. Justin report. did pose for that yeah. picture. That's but his I mean, Facebook photo. But I mean as though it was for that particular function. <laughs> Obviously, they all posed for the pictures, Christopher.
1: Why are you always so smart and accurate
0: about things?
1: <laughs> oh, you're right, Eric Shaw, going getting stuff right and knowing what you're uh... talking about. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's just a- but it really is wonderful. I think it would be a great addition to um, the website so that people could Post their own party people pictures. Sure,
1: let's just keep adding things to the website
0: it. I think and, that and would forgetting be great. that we well, added something it. downloadable yep. that people could just add their picture to. They did it. I did it for Fruity Pebbles, did the thing a while back where you could pose with John Senna from <laughs> the, the wonderful <laughs> world of wrestling. I posted that picture. I'll repost it soon. Dallas and-
1: did a thing. Wait, before you go on. Dallas did a thing where it would, it would access your Facebook page and make a title sequence out of your friends' Facebook photos. But That's I could really only cool. get it to work once. It was fucking hilarious. I That's loved brilliant. it. That's brilliant.
0: And Shea Butters has posted the Alec Mappa clip. So you can see or hear. I think you can see and hear. I think it's on YouTube.
1: And, 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 you're going to hear this more and more as we approach the date. March 9th.
0: Dun, dun, dun. Big
1: fucking news from you know.
0: And Rice. And On our Rice show, our guest here live in the studio. To talk about,
1: to reveal the name and subject of her next book. Get ready to go to Loch Ness, folks. She's going to do the Loch Ness Monster. Oh, Christopher, you shouldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope. it's going to be big. It's big, be big announcement. Live big announcement here. in studio. Exclusive announcement to the dinner party so show: Ann Rice and March you 9th, all. Ann Rice and the party people and the people of the page. Hopefully, more uh, more people of the page are coming over every time she comes on the show.
0: Good for good. You're all welcome. Glad to have
1: you. They're not all welcome. Oh, uh, everybody's
0: welcome. We're gonna. Coco said a thing last night about making. Oh, your I knew you were gonna run about with this making one. your circle include the circle of even the people who don't like you because they make a circle to wall you out, but you can easily make a circle that includes them and. I thought that was a beautiful image. So, with that happy thought for the day, the bitter old hag from yeah. the dinner party we'll show, see how Eric long this Song, then let somebody <laughs> honk a horn on your
1: block later tonight. I'm starting an ordinance. I'll be at City Hall. <laughs> i'll be at city hall me Uh, and
0: uh eric is the
1: only person i know who has successfully
0: protested a parking ticket i won and i gave testimony i beat city hall i had witnesses and evidence i thought the woman was going to pass that was the judgment
1: Uh, the the claimant wins on the basis of a preponderance preponderance of of evidence it was when i discovered that you keep every receipt from the parking lot ever Mm-hmm. Ever, you that's were right. raised by Depression era I children, files, and you keep everything. I have
0: filing cabinets filled with files at my home, which have receipts for all kind of stuff, I, and that's yeah. one of the receipts I keep.
1: My life is about the race to throw things away. It really is. I like a clean, lean, lean life. That you know.
0: Yeah, that that's. <laughs> That describes Full it. Full of donuts and chocolate <laughs> and inappropriate boyfriends. And old wheat thins that should have been <laughs> thrown away in 1972. Now, that's where
1: I have trouble throwing stuff away is the kitchen, because it just don't go there very much.
0: I know, unless I know. you're there to set fire to a fruitcake in the buy, microwave. When up. I
1: buy new groceries, I, I discover all, all the old... Over. Is the show over? Is our Brandon, show over? Brandon, is the show over? Brandon, should we end the show now? The show's, 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 show's been, been, been over, over for an hour. You turned us off. Anyway, well, okay, so remember Party People, Oscar special next Sunday, March 9th. Huge, Big announcement. Huge, huge,
0: huge, huge. Rice huge, live in the studio. Huge
1: and Rice announcement here in the studio. Until then, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you've been listening to The Dinner Party Show.
0: Thanks.